Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. MG is back. And it's electric. From just €28,995. The truly affordable, family-friendly, electric range just got even more affordable. With €750 off an MG ZS EV when you book a test drive on MG.ie between now and June 19th. MG, recharge your soul. Excludes delivery and related charges. Terms and conditions apply. Visit MG.ie for details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking Point, Planet F1's very own podcast. I'm your host, Finley Quibolder, and uh, yeah, joining me as always to discuss what was, well, the best race in a long, long time for a number of reasons, is uh, the Planet F1 editor, Michelle Foster. Michelle, it's, um, it's fair to say, as people that cover the sport, we needed that, but even more so, the sport needed a race like that, didn't it? Uh, hi, Finley. Yeah, Formula One was desperate for that. Um, the season was not shaping up to be a really good one. And then uh, and then along came some penalties, some safety cars, and a victory for Pierre Gasly. I mean, I would love to know what the odds of that had been before the race. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure someone who, who has bet on that is feeling very rich this morning. It was completely unexpected. And like you say, we needed it. It was soothing to the soul. It was emotional. It was beautiful. It, it was everything that sport should be. It was, yeah. Um, and I mean, I think a lot of sports get get moments and shocks like that quite quite a bit more often than F1. But uh, when F1 does it, it does it well at least. Um, there was obviously yeah a, a lot of that happened in the race. That you know Ferrari had a bad race. Mercedes made mistakes. Red Bull didn't have a good race, but. I've decided that for this podcast, we're just going to focus on the good stuff, you know, the feel-good stories. And, I mean, where else to start? But with Pierre Gasly, um, I mean, yeah, a race winner with AlphaTauri. He's the first Frenchman to win a race since 1996. Only the uh, second ever driver to win for AlphaTauri. Um, the first being Sebastian Vettel back in 2008. And I don't know, I'd say he's probably the first real shock winner that Formula One has had since... Pastor Maldonado in uh, 2012. 
obviously he needed quite a bit of luck to get the win, you know, the stars kind of aligned for him, you know, he pitted at the right time, the safety car came out at the right time, the red flag, Hamilton's penalty, but I think nobody would, would, would claim that it was a win that he didn't deserve, would they? No, definitely not. Like you say, the stars aligned for him, but that happens in sports. Sometimes the stars align for you and sometimes they really don't. And on Sunday they did. I mean, he started 10th, he finished 1st. And yeah, between Pierre Gasly and Alpha Tori, they did an incredible job. I mean, you can take into account, yes, there was the Hamilton penalty, Bottas, who knows what, what actually went wrong on that day. Uh, Alex Alban fluffed everything on the first lap. Max retired. I mean, all the big names were pretty much taken out of the equation. And there stood Pierre Gasly. And in a couple of weeks' time, and definitely in years to come, no one's going to remember how he got that win. No one's going to remember the scenario that played out. The only thing we're all going to know is that Pierre Gasly is the 109th Formula One race winner. And what a fantastic moment for him and for the team. Like you said, he's had... He's had a pretty wretched time over the last uh, the last 12, if not even the 18 months, and he has just he's risen to the challenge, and you can't take it away from him. I mean, just absolutely incredible the strength of character that he has shown since his Red Bull demotion. Uh, the kid absolutely deserves it. It's much or more than anyone on the grid, I think. You know, um, I mean, we paid tribute to him last week at Spa when he got driver of the day, finishing in P7 or P8, I think. Even then, I never would have imagined that he'd he'd become a race winner so soon in that car. I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable. And you know, we obviously, yeah, he did have a lot of luck, but in the end, it was it was by no means an easy win, was it? You know, he had Carlos Sainz chasing him down in a quicker car, um, and you know, he got seriously close in the last few laps. But I mean, just he he handled the pressure so well, didn't he? He was very mature in those last few laps. I mean, he didn't put a wheel wrong. I remember watching at the start of the final lap and Carlos Sainz was was basically kissing the guy's rear wing and you just thought, don't put a wheel wrong, don't put a wheel wrong, don't put a wheel wrong. But at the same time, you kind of, you didn't mind really if Carlos Sainz won the race either because either way it was going to be an incredible story. But the last thing I think anybody wanted was the, the pecking order to change because of a mistake. And, and Gasly didn't put a wheel wrong. He hit the apexes. He turned the car in beautifully. He used the correct amount of battery power and speed when he needed it. It was it was a completely flawless lap at the end of an extremely high-pressured situation. And I think the winning margin was 0.4 seconds. So, yeah, well done. Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, I still would have been okay having signs win, but I think it says it all when... You're going into that point and uh, Gasly's the underdog and Sainz is like, you know, the big favourite. Um, I mean, yeah, it would have been cool to see Sainz win, but I don't know. I just think he's uh, he's off to Ferrari and even though they may not be very good next year, he'll get a win there. Um, whereas Gasly, who knows? But uh, that win is just, I mean, what does it mean for his career, do you think? You know, obviously it... Not only does it heighten his chances of getting back in that Red Bull, um, not that there's any guarantee he'd want to get back in that Red Bull, but I mean, next year, obviously, there aren't many seats free now, but for when the regulations change in 2022, he's he's fast becoming one of the most attractive drivers on the grid to a lot of teams, isn't he? Yeah, very much so. I mean, he came out after the race and said, yeah, he, he thinks he's ready to, to step back up to Red Bull. You know? It is, of course, the team's decision as to whether that actually happens or not. 
um, AlphaTauri team boss Franz Tost has come out and said, like, he wouldn't be surprised if they lose Gasly, but he, he doesn't think it'll happen this year. <clears throat> Helmut Marco pretty much immediately squashed the idea of Gasly getting a mid-season promotion. But you never know what 2021 will hold. But you know what? I... I actually hope he stays with AlphaTauri next next season. Um, the team's been good to him. He's good to them. Yes, this is a fantastic moment, and he is he is riding riding the waves at the moment, very much. I mean, he's what he's doing with that car compared to Daniel Kivet is just it's incredible. But I do kind of feel like maybe another year at AlphaTauri before he takes a step up would be a really good idea. Just give him a bit more time, just to see. Firstly, that this isn't just a purple patch, that he can continue this, and also that once again, when things, or if things do slump, he has what it takes to to continue riding that wave. Um, and I hope come 2022, I hate to say it, he's with anybody but Red Bull. Um, I think that would be fantastic if one of the other teams snapped him up and and he pretty much showed Red Bull what they'd lost. Yeah, 100%. I just think that Red Bull team at the moment... Um effectively run by Helmut Marco, Max Verstappen as the clear number one driver. I just, I don't think it's a good environment, you know, and I think anyone that's a number two there isn't going to be particularly happy and off track and they're not going to have the chance to show what they can do on track. And yeah, I really don't want that for Pierre Gasly after seeing just how great he's been for the sport since going back to AlphaTauri. So yeah, I'm okay with him staying there next year and then after that, who knows, you know, I mean, maybe... Maybe Renault will fancy if well Alpine, I guess. Uh, maybe they'll fancy a French driver instead of Ocon and put him alongside Fernando Alonso. Um, I don't know. I think the grid is his oyster going forward. Um, and yeah, I just hope he doesn't get stuck back in a Red Bull, being a number two, having a hard time with it. Because I don't know. In a lot of ways, I think that car just is made for Verstappen, and I don't think Gasly would be able to show how good he is there. But yeah. Pierre Gasly, race winner, still sounds kind of surreal to say. It wasn't the only big feel-good story of the weekend, because uh, coming home in P2 was Carlos Sainz, and what's more, Lando Norris was P4. Um, So yeah, great day for McLaren, and I think the difference was between them and Gasly was that it wasn't really luck for them, you know? If anything, that red flag kind of hindered them, because they were running P2 and P3, uh, before any safety cars came out, before the red flag came out. And they were looking pretty strong there, pretty comfortable ahead of Bottas. I mean, this was a, g- a great day for them as well, wasn't it? It just felt like they were finally back in the big time. Yeah, it was. It was a lovely race for McLaren. Like you say, uh, they they can feel, feel a bit unhappy that they lost out on second and third um, as a finishing. Carlos Sainz, oh... I felt for him, hey, to miss out on that maiden win by 0.4 seconds. Ah, the bloke must have been absolutely gutted. Like, you really want to be happy with the fact that you finished second. But that was first. That was first, just a couple of hundred meters up the road. Like he said, he just needed one lap. But still, second, his first podium of the season. Lando Norris was fourth. Uh, Lando Norris came out after the race, and he was a bit peeved by the Formula One rules that allowed Lance Stroll to basically get a free pit stop under the under the red flag stoppage. <clears throat> Unfortunately, the rules do say that you can change tyres in a red flag situation, and not just tyres, but you can change compounds. So Stroll was the only guy who hadn't stopped at that stage of the game. So he got a free pit stop, and uh, yeah, Norris wasn't very happy. He called it a stupid rule, saying Stroll doesn't deserve the podium. 
But at the mean at the same time, you know, luck was luck was on their side as it was on some other drivers' sides yesterday. And it's yeah, I think Norris still should be like really happy with his fourth. I mean, it it was on merit, like you said, you know, it was great. In another race, they could have quite easily had Sainz P1 and Norris P3. But um, I think considering all they've been through in the last, I mean, well, it's been eight years really since they've been a top team winning races. I don't think they can really complain too much about finishing P2 and P4. And it does, of course, mean that they are pretty comfortable in P3 in the constructor standards now. They're uh, on 98 points, I believe, so about to hit 100. Looking strong put a Mercedes engine in that car and next year could be pretty exciting for them, couldn't it? Definitely. I mean, like you say, McLaren were third in the championship. Um, Yeah, they are 60 points behind Red Bull, but I think they're like 15 or 16 ahead of Racing Point. And Racing Point was the car that we all said would be finishing third this season. I mean, it's the car that is the Mercedes with the Mercedes engine. And yet McLaren are doing the better job on the day. Andreas Siddles came out and said, like, he thinks that McLaren was the second best team on the grid on Sunday. Um, and, yeah, they were, you know, which was which was really impressive, actually, because, I mean, like you said, this is McLaren. It's been a long time since they've been a race-winning outfit. They've got that uh, Renault engine, which isn't the best power unit to have in the field. And yet there they were, the team that was actually... I'm going to say taking the fight to Lewis Hamilton at the start of the race, although let's be honest, no one was actually taking the fight to him, but they were at least holding off Valtteri Bottas. So well done, McLaren. I mean, great race, great result. Uh, And yeah, third in the championship is theirs for the taking. Yeah, it looks like it is. Um, And in the drivers, it's pretty interesting as well. I think uh, Norris, he's joint P4 with Stroll at the moment. I think Stroll edges it on, on countback, but yeah, not much in it. When you get a podium like that, obviously, it's so great to see. Do you think that it would be as great if we did get it week in, week out? Or do you think, you know, the fact that it happens in an era of Mercedes dominance makes it just, you know, being that rare just makes it all the more special? I think it definitely makes it all the more special. I mean, I know I know this morning we're all sounding like a bit fangirls or fanboys, but I tell you what, Sunday's result... I'm once again a Formula One fan. It was absolutely fantastic to see three youngsters who are potentially the future the future of Formula One standing there on the podium. No sign of a McLaren, a Red Bull or a Ferrari. It it was fantastic for Formula One. I mean, even Toto Wolf came out and said, yes, we lost the race. But Formula One won, and it did. It was the big winner. I think Carlos Sainz is 26, Lance Stroll's 21, Pierre, I think, is 23. This really is Formula One's future sitting that was standing there on top of the grid. I mean, standing there on top of the podium. Lewis Hamilton's now 35-36. Sebastian Vettel's potentially on his way out. Yes, Max Verstappen is still very much in the running. But what we saw yesterday was it was a glimpse of what Formula One could be in four or five years' time. Um, and, I mean, yeah, it took the sport, I think it was something like almost 3,000 days to, to reach this high moment that we're all absolutely gushing about, but it was worth it. It really was. Um, would it be the same if it happened week in and week out? No, not at all. But hell, let's be honest, it would be nice if it could happen at least once, if not twice a year. Yeah, I mean, I think it, just, it showed... Well, I mean, it was effectively the, the the big three this season of Hamilton, Bottas and Verstappen were put out of the running. And it just made for... It just showed how how tight things are and how exciting things are behind them. I mean, get rid of Mercedes and Verstappen and you've got 
one of the all-time great F1 seasons. But uh, hey, hey, obviously that's uh, not fair on them. I think last thing we have to talk about is reverse grids because, you know, that race was largely so great because we got a stand-in start with a, uh, with a muddled-up order. And yeah, it was about halfway through the race. I think we had 20, 25-odd laps left at that point. So it did really feel like a sprint race starting with a reverse grid. And I mean, it just had everything, you know. We had Hamilton charging from the back, showing his the overtaking skills he so rarely gets to show these days. Um, we had new faces at the front in evenly matched cars fighting. I mean, we had Kimi Raikkonen actually doing some meaningful wheel-to-wheel racing for once, which... It's a rarity these days. Um, I don't know, you just look at it and you just think, why not give it a go on Saturdays, you know? Put it in for qualifying, give us a, a modelled upgrade and just at least see how it goes because, I mean, that was the best racing we've had in a long, long time. Very much so. I mean, the the sort of more old school people are very much against it, but Formula 1 needs to try something new. I mean, Vettel came out, I think, before the weekend started and said, like, the sport needs to make changes, otherwise it's not going to be around in 10 years' time. And I think if you compare the week before's race to this week's race, you can understand why he said it. I mean, Formula One, unfortunately, can produce some extremely boring races, especially when one team and one driver is dominating like Lewis Hamilton is. I mean, take nothing away from him. But Formula One needs to do something. It needs to up the ante for the excitement. It needs to bring in new fans. I mean... Uh, Pierre Gasly is the cover of Le Quip this morning, or however you pronounce the French magazine's name. And I mean, what a what a moment for him! What a moment for any youngster walking past, picking up the magazine this morning uh, and seeing something new, something different, something that will inspire them. And Formula One's not going to get that if we have you know two Mercedes and a Red Bull starting the race first, second, and third week in and week out. So yeah, I'm I'm very much in favour of reverse races. You know, even if it's just to set the grid, potentially, for a Sunday race. But, yes, Formula One needs to try something. And it's just so disappointing because this year, in the midst of all this manic chaos that's going on, it really had the perfect opportunity to do it, you know. And I I feel they dropped the ball on this one. You know, the argument that the FIA gave, the argument that those the fans that are against reverse grids gave, is the whole, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But... It does kind of look broken, you know, when you've got... This was the first really great kind of memorable race that'll be remembered, you know, after 2020. Um, That we've had... I don't know, I mean, I guess the first race of the season was pretty good. But really, this was the first great one. Um, And it came because of two safety cars and a red flag. Um, Obviously... You can't be just waving a red flag whenever you fancy every race. You can't turn on the sprinklers and make the track wet. Um, but you can do little things like just try out a reverse grid to to set the order for Sunday. And that, it just seems a no-brainer because at the end of the day, F1... I don't know, there's a lot of sceptics of the sport, I suppose, you know, who just think it's cars, cars racing around the track and that's about it. Um, we obviously disagree about that. But, I mean, it, it, you know, it's hard to argue against them when they turn it on and you've got two Mercedes and Verstappen just in a league of their own, not even near each other every week. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it needs something because that that, that race was a, it was a reminder of why we all love F1, but it was also a reminder of just how much kind of carnage it requires for us to get a really, really good race these days. Um, and yeah, I don't think it was always like that. Regardless, 
what a race it was. Probably definitely the best of this season. Uh, up there with, you know, obviously we had Brazil and Germany last season that were great. Yeah, I mean, heading to Mugello, it's, uh, this is a tough act to follow, isn't it? A very tough act to follow. Um, and it sounds very much like Mugello is going to be a Mercedes circuit. So unless Hamilton makes another oops or something goes very wrong at the start of the race... Unfortunately, I think we could be back on back on track for for another Hamilton win and maybe a Mercedes one too. But you know, hold thumbs that that there's a little bit of chaos in the mix. Yeah, let's hope so. And um, hey, if we don't, if we get another double Mercedes one two with Verstappen there and everyone else way off, well, at least we uh, at least we'll always have this race in Monza. Thank you, Monza. Thank you, Gasly. Yeah, well, that's just about everything for uh, this episode of Talking Point. It was. Uh, yeah, fair to say it was nice to have a bit more to talk about. Hopefully we get the same again next week. Yeah, um, so yeah, it's Magella next weekend. Our coverage will be starting with FP1 on Friday, live commentary, going all the way through to Monday, where we'll be recording this podcast yet again. In the meantime, make sure to keep an eye on our website, planetf1.com, as well as our social media channels. Our Facebook is simply planetf1, and our Twitter is planet underscore f1. Don't forget that underscore. Also, if you've enjoyed listening, then make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks again, and see you next week. Bye. Trying to recruit someone right now? At irishjobs.ie, we know it's just one more thing on your endless to-do list. Somewhere between preparing Friday's presentation and picking up dinner. That's where irishjobs.ie can help. With almost one million registered career seekers in our constantly updated talent bank, you can be sure you'll always hire the pick of the bunch. Take that to-do list. Get a fresh perspective on your recruitment. Visit irishjobs.ie forward slash hire. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.